This episode is sponsored by the Galaxis Coach. Our emotions are normal. As the gatekeeper of your own life, have the courage to ask what it is they're telling you and start making any necessary changes now. This is just one of the many gems of Christina Douglas, the Galaxis Coach, in episode 73, How to Gain Confidence After Religious Trauma from the Narcissist on the Empath and the Narcissist Podcast. She shares that we can soar in our relationships and inner desires by releasing negative self-judgments. Learn to cultivate confidence in your natural beauty with awareness, resilience, and determination while guarding your energy with positive judgments. You no longer have to feel terrified, overwhelmed, or lost. Let's soar in your inner desires and navigate the waves of life with self-love and self-trust. Sign up today for a free 30-minute coaching session and brief review of your unique divine design at thegalaxis underscore coach. Free yourself from narcissistic abuse and draw long-lasting, powerful boundaries. Get your free workshop now at ravenscott.show forward slash free dash workshop. Welcome to the Empath and the Narcissist podcast, where you regain your sparkle back after narcissistic abuse. I am your host, Raven Scott, and I welcome you here to the show. If you are new and are enjoying this podcast, help me help others. Rate and review. Take a screenshot and DM me at Raven Scott Show on Instagram for a free human design reading to answer your pressing question about the root cause, your future, and external forces that influence you. Today on the podcast, I'm sharing a conversation with Christina Douglas. Christina is a beautiful soul. She is a full-time independent IT consultant, and her side hustle is being her amazing projector self. She is a cosmic intuitive relationship coach. Her goal is to soar relationships and desires by releasing negative self-judgments and finding beauty in being our authentic selves within the waves of life, as you heard in the beginning. Now, more than ever, we need to support each other, and especially the marginalized. With the right-wing extremists disguised behind the mask of Christianity, they have attacked the trans community, taking away their body autonomy medically, taking away free speech with don't say gay laws in Florida, then the Roe v. Wade overturn, which affects more than just cis women, and they are planning on attacking same-sex marriage. These may be dark times, but remember, they are fighting back hard because they realize they are losing power. Just as a narcissist lashes out when you place a boundary for your protection, they are now the minority, and the minority of the past, which was all people other than cis white people, is now the majority. That's why learning about support systems such as the Trevor Project allows information to empower and support those being attacked. We all can benefit, cis and LGBTQIA, from knowing that the Trevor Project is an available resource because we all deserve a welcoming, loving world. And so do the people you care about. So at www.thetrevorproject.org, you can reach out to a counselor if you're struggling, find answers and information, 
and get the tools you need to help someone else. They are here for you. They provide information and support to LGBTQ young people 24-7 all year round. You never know. It might be somebody in your life that's struggling and you are the only one they can trust, you dear empath. So make sure that you check out thetrevorproject.org. And that's what we're going to be talking about today and diving into Christina's story and her struggle of finding herself, understanding who she truly is and that the love that she has is true love without shame and guilt um, poured onto her by her family of origin. So I can't wait to dive into this conversation. So here we go. We are back with a special guest, Christina Douglas. I am so excited to have you here. And uh, we're really going to dive into this topic about what the narcissist doesn't expect you to do. So thank you so much for being here, Christina. Thank you for having me. Excited. Yeah, I'm excited to dive into how we can find our confidence uh, in releasing self-judgment after narcissistic abuse. Yeah. It is so hard, I will say, because I come from a family that is very controlling. And so that's really where the narcissist comes in for me. And it was very hard to stand up for myself and to say, well, this is what I believe. This is what I think. This is how I feel. This is what I believe is right for me. And they would always say, well, you should try and fix that. You know, you don't, something's wrong with you, basically, that, you know, you need to go to God, you need to put this at the altar, you need to really try and work through this. And we did. I mean, gaslighting phrases, man. Right. Give it to God, you know, confess your sins, whatever. Yeah. Exactly. And so it's like years of that, like, you know, as a kid, I remember wanting to people please. I wanted to please my parents so much. And it was, I was homeschooled as well. And I was from a Christian background. And so very secluded and strict. And it was just even worse because you didn't have that community of, hey, something's not right here. You're okay. And you, you're around, you're this homeschool group in the church that says the same thing, the same messages. And you need to listen to your parents and your parents say, these are the things you got to do to, you know, have my love, to have my appreciation, to have my approval. And so like, I grew up with that all through my young life and teenage years. And it was just so ingrained in me. And so when I went to college, that was my first eye opener of this is not quite normal, right? This is not okay. <laughs> Where do you go to college? I went to UNCG for a couple of years, but I also went to my community college um, back home in Hickory, North Carolina. So it was a bit of home. So they wanted me to go to community college because, I mean, it's financially better, right? You can yeah. save a little money. But also, I think it was a bit of controlling as well because they wanted to control how much of the world I still saw. Um, so when I finally left the, the nest, you know, and I went to UCG, it was even more of an eye opener. I even studied abroad in Germany, and that was even more. And so, like, I got this community, this these people that were just so loving, didn't have any conditions. They were just themselves. And I was just like, oh, how can I be myself? I want to be like that. I just want to dance. I just want to have fun. And I was so constricted. I 
couldn't be myself. I felt like I couldn't dance. I couldn't say the right things. I was so like filtering because I wanted to do the right thing and I wanted to do whatever that they wanted to do so that it's the same patterns from my childhood. Yeah. And it conditioning, right? So even when they're not around you, they're controlling you because you feel guilt and shame that they've instilled yeah. for so long. Like you can't dance or, you know, whatever, shake your booty too much or whatever right. it is. Yeah. Yes. It's really difficult. Yes. And then, so I know later that I am also a part of the LGBTQ, you know, plus I am gay. Yeah. Uh -huh. You know, coming out as my self to my parents was so hard and they, yeah. you know, it was like, you got to fix that. So we went through that whole process of trying to fix it. And then How it was old like were you when you came out? So I told my parents when I was like 24, finally. I'd been in a relationship already since I was like 19. 19. Okay. Did you kind of realize when you were 19 or did you always have an inkling like when you were young? I had an inkling that something was different about me, but I didn't know what. So it kind of was like late teens. It started like really what's going on here. Um, and so when I met my now wife, she was you know, you know, in the same Christian background. And so she was struggling with some things as well. So we were struggling together. And we, through those years together, were trying to not be together, be together, you know, kind of like because of the beliefs, because of this like stuff in your head, you're judging yourself, something's wrong with me. Why am I like this? And, you know, it finally, when we, when I was 25, I was just like, look, nothing's changing. We're together. We told our sibling. And that was so hard because we did not know how our relationships were going to change. And then it became about consequences. And, you know, you you start feeling the herd shun you, you know, and you you don't know where you stand. So you feel like you're alone. You feel like you're just you did something wrong, but you didn't. You know, you're actually standing up for yourself. You're actually pursuing who you are and what you believe. And, and so that process was just something that I thought I was going through alone. And I wish I had somebody to step me through that. Um, so that was a whole thing. <laughs> That's so interesting. You, you felt alone. See, this is the power of this manipulative mindset and this extreme toxic Christianity and other religions do this too. So I'm going to broaden it to other religions because you were going back and forth and struggling with this with someone whom you loved. So technically on the outside, I view you, you weren't alone, but both of you were really struggling with this mind manipulation. So you did yeah. feel alone. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's incredible how toxic that is. I'm so sorry. Yeah. It was hard. It's definitely something that has, it really jump-started me into this process of being more confident, having that higher self-esteem. And that's brought me to where I am today, where it's like, okay, we don't have to live like that. We can embrace ourselves, love ourselves, know that we are okay, that we are, nothing's wrong with us. And we are able to live our lives because we as adults have that capacity to do that like we're not a kid anymore we as adults have that we're the warden of our lives that gatekeeper we decide what comes and goes you know we can make the connections you want to connect with we can do the 
things, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And so obviously your family did not expect you to come out and say this to them. And so what gave you that power and the confidence uh, to be able to say, you know what, you didn't expect this. This is this, like you said, this, nothing's changing. This is me. Mm -hmm. What gave you that confidence? It honestly, because I had suppressed it for so long, it became so strong that I've had it. I had enough. It bubbled up and it finally was just, now's the time. I have to step up. I have to own myself. I don't, I'm going to do something crazy and awful. Like it's just because you are so inside of yourself that you start thinking really bad things. And you might want to do some bad things just to end the suffering. And it's just, it's so hard to just keep holding that. And as you keep holding that and pushing it down, and it just the worse that it gets. And then finally, it was just like enough, enough. And I hate that I got to that point, but it also gave me the courage to say, I have to do something different. I have to be and do what's best for me. Because obviously you don't understand. You have your own things going on in your lives. You want to follow this path. Fine. I do not. Like, I have to do what I need to do. Yeah, absolutely. And you give, and, and if you get to that point where life is too much, I just heard on the news today they've shifted from a really long digit complicated number to for the suicide um, prevention hotline. It's now 988. So if you get to that point, it's really simple. Normalizing our mental health as much as our physical health. Mm -hmm. Just dial 988. That's awesome. What, what were some behaviors or phrases that your parents said that brought down, I guess brought them off the pedestal for you to have that courage or kind of that attitude like, I don't care what you think of me anymore? It was more about their behavior because when they talk to you, they talk to you in such a logical way. They'll use your fears and insecurities against you or your beliefs. You know, they'll kind of weave it in and it sounds good, but it doesn't feel right. And so, and also it, it also eliminated the backseeds of the lying, the manipulation of what they're doing to other people around you. So when I first told my siblings, they were very receiving and they were like, nothing's going to change, you know, everything's okay. And it felt very sincere, but as time went on, things changed. And then as you talk to different people, people would tell it, say different things. And so there's like different things going on in the background. So you could really feel and see something else is going on behind the scenes that I'm not aware of. And, and you really see, okay, this is what you're capable of. Even though you're saying one thing, you're doing something else behind the scenes and it doesn't look right, doesn't feel right. And so you really get to see, okay, you're human. You're looking out for what you want, what you think is, you know, best. You know, they did see it as a threat as me being gay in the family because of, you know, the release and everything. And so it was, they were doing anything that they could to use people against you right they're, they're, they're turning people against you they're 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 telling them all kinds of stuff and they're coming to you and i'm like what like what are you talking about and and it's just 
you know, and then they, oh, you changed. It's like, oh, I didn't really change. I'm just telling you what's been on the inside, you know? And so it's just this unraveling happened, right? So that's, that's the big thing that happened for me. Mm-hmm. It's the, yeah, you could call it the cognitive dissonance. You say one thing, but you believe another. Or you yeah. call it gaslighting. You're saying something yeah. on the outside, you know, manipulating the situation and um, triangulating the siblings against you. All of that is, yeah, because they're defending themselves, their ego, their outward uh, appearance yes. to the public, to the judge. Yes. And I am not LGBTQ. And unfortunately, I, I feel the same, not exact same, but similar pain as you having that type of judgmental parent. And um, I saw a post yesterday about um, this guy saying, you know, when people say, you know, your, your parents did the best they could, that's mm. gaslighting. And I brought it up and I have to quote my husband because he's so wise. And he was like, there's three things, three areas. Actually, he quoted, he quoted Ryan Holiday. So I'm quoting two people at the same time. He said that um, there are three areas in life where you put your energy. It's family, work, and like, um, like an event or community or some type of identity. And for a lot of Christians, that is their identity, right? And so you, but you can only pick two because you don't have enough energy. Focus on all three. Like if you could, if you, and if you were in a emergency situation, which one do you pick? And in these situations, if you had to evaluate your parents out of those three, which one do they pick? Do they pick their children, their work, or their, you know, circums, like their, I don't know why it's called an event, but like their identity. Yeah, I would. Yeah, their community. Would, which which two do they pick? I would say it was the career and community because of the fact my dad was a pastor, and that was <laughs> his. Like it wasn't his job. Like he still had like a Jade Bay job, but that was still like his thing. And so like it was still the community, the community, and and the job thing was very connected. And so I do feel like they were worried about that quite a bit. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really a shame because that really fails those who trust you, that you're here to protect and encourage and to grow into the next generation. And you're not alone because I had this, I had the same answer. And, you know, even though they say they don't and they put you first, but their actions, right? Right. What they say compared to what their actions are, are so different. And actions, ironically, I was raised with the phrase, actions speak louder than words. And (laughs) when I turn that around to them, they have, of course, some type of gaslighting rebuttal to it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But I'm like, you know what? You taught me this. So I'm just looking at you and your actions. (laughs) This is what's coming up. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I think that's really powerful because once we release like this, intertwined and mesh guilt like mm-hmm. it's taboo to talk bad about your parents because quote unquote they did their best but some parents didn't do their best they chose those two over their children and so that gives us the confidence to break free from that it gives us the confidence to say you know what i'm not going to be treated like this anymore and i'm going to do better for my children and the next generations or my right. nieces and nephews you know 
So are there a few steps and takeaways that let's say someone's listening to this, they're like, yeah, I want to have confidence. I want to be brave. But then when I get into the situation, my body freezes up, my throat closes up and I don't know what to do. Yeah. I mean, first of all, if you know that a community is, is turning on you or is, is already toxic to me, that's already a, okay, we need boundaries, right? We need to say this, this area or people needs to be limited, especially right now. They can, um, you may may text me or you limited phone time, you know, limited FaceTime and really put yourself into more, uh, communities and areas that really embrace you. You need to be embraced. So whatever that is for you, find that community, that group could be virtual, it could be physically somewhere near you. But to me, finding that group of people was so helpful because not only now are you making connections that are healthy and they are thinking like you do or appreciate how you think, you know, that is something that's going to help you think more positively. And I think in general, as a homework for yourself, when you're by yourself, I think it's changing your negative inside against yourself to more positive. And we can be more aware of how we think about ourselves, how we think about situations, how are we um, feeling in moments and actually dive it into a, why do I feel this way? Why is it, you know, what can we track it back to you? You know, your child uh, meditations is a big thing for that, right? That has helped me so much, you know, and I, I'm, I, every day I go through and daily journal and it helps me to know what is on my mind. Is it negative? Is it positive? What can I be grateful for? And um, just this week, uh, I'm in an astrology community and Linda Bird found in, um, I think it was called, I wrote it down, the National Science Foundation. It said that every day we have, yeah, every day we have 12,000 to 60,000 thoughts per day and 80% of those are negative. 80%. And of those, uh, so like hardwired, the thoughts that repeated, they're repeated every day, 95 to 8, yeah, 95 and 98%. Those thoughts are repeated every day. And if you are hardwired to think negatively 80% of the time out of like, you know, survival mode, that's where it comes from. The survival of like our mind wants to make sure that whatever's happening outside is not going to affect us. We want to be protected. We want to feel secure. We don't want to be afraid. So our body and mind is going, okay, what is going on? Everything is against us. So if we can turn that around and say, how can I think more positively? How can I affirm myself? Affirmations are so huge as well. Like I am enough. I am worthy. I am, I can be successful. I can make my goals. I can do what I desire. If you can switch your mindset on, like just work on that every day and there's this book called The Compound Effect that I think is so good because if you do things every day, a little bit at a time, it will make a difference. It may not seem like much when you are doing it, but as time passes by and you look back, you will see the difference. You will feel the difference. You'll feel more confident just one day, one small step at a time. And it's just one of those things that I, I, I still do today. And it's something that I find very helpful 
because we still are going to come from a perception survival place. It's our natural instinct right now. I mean, it is where we come from. So to have as a daily practice is something that I think is so important. Yeah. Yeah. And mental psychology alone, you know, you say, don't think about an elephant. And what does your brain do? It pictures an elephant. <laughs> right. so it's like when you had like, that's, I learned that when I had little ones and I would constantly, instead of saying, don't run, I would, tr you know, condition myself to say, walk, 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 instead of the don't part. <laughs> because when you say mm -hmm. don't run, they run. Exactly. So, um, and that, that goes also to when you said your ego is um, in production mode, you know, with these negative thoughts. Also, going back to the conversation of how we grew up, we were conditioned by the belief system that we are born imperfect. We are born sinners. So immediately we're screwed. Like whoever believes in that, you're already like conditioned right. of all of these negative thoughts about yourself. And then, you know, since you're a sinner, you have to do all these things to get into heaven. And it's just, it's just a horribly, I don't know how to say it. It's just like, it's just a horrible setup. So literally from a little baby, you've always been told you're a sinner. Mm -hmm. And that's why I always talk about like shining your unique light out because it's the opposite. We were born with a unique bright light within us. Perfect. And here for a purpose, not mm -hmm. the other way around. So yeah, there's a lot of negative things that we have to rewire in our brains. Yeah. yeah. You've given us a lot of really good chunks in such a short amount of time. Good. <laughs> you have a defined throat. I do. I do. <laughs> yep. You do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You're like, I know exactly what it needs to say and I don't need to have a lot of words. I'm just saying it to you straight, guys. <laughs> Love it. So let's talk, let's dive a little bit more into what we just talked about, the negative self-judgment. It's automatic. We've already established that. Um, I also uh, learned an acronym called ANT, Automatic Negative Thoughts. So for me and my children, I always tell them, I ask them, is that an ANT? And I ask myself that as well. Is that an ANT? Like, let's say you're overwhelmed or you go on Instagram. And you're like, I can't do it. This person has 1 million followers and I have 100. I can't do it. Okay, well, that's an ant right there, right? So squish it. What, what are your thoughts on our negative thoughts and judgments about ourselves? I do think that they, they occur so often that like that 80%, right? So it's so easy to fall into it. And I think it, it is the easiest, especially when we're comparing to others. You know, especially on social media and you're, you're doing something different and better in your right. eyes. Sibling. Yes. Right? Even sibling? Yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, sibling robbery, right? Competition. Oh, my God. I, I could just go on and on about that. So talk. Yeah. But yeah. literally, it's not a competition. Everybody has their own path, their own pace, and you can work at your own pace. I think that's something that I really enjoyed about human design astrology because you kind of get a glimpse into what is my pace because you have the different profiles, right? And you have different ways of working. You have your different ways of how much rest you need, how much you can actually work versus, you know, how do you interact with people? So there's so many, you know, so many gems, so much gold there where you can tap into what is natural for me 
And I constantly have to remind myself when I'm looking at social media, when I'm having those negative thoughts, like what is, what is right for me? Where am I coming from with my natural self? And how can I focus on that? What is it that I can do? What is it that I do? And how can I proceed with that small step forward? And so for me, I'm a projector and projectors need more rest. I'm not able to keep working like a generator. They keep going, 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 right? They have that energy that have that access to energy. I do not. So I automatically know I'm not going to be able to go at the same pace. I am going to go a little slower and it's okay. It's normal. Nothing is wrong. I think that is the biggest thing. We automatically say something's wrong with me. Why can't I just do it? You know, it, it, sometimes you can, you're in the right alignment of that energy to have that energy to just do it. And sometimes you're not. And you have to, you know, just really not judge those feelings. And I think that's going back to the this negative self-judgment of you really embrace yourself. You embrace who you are naturally and, and not judging yourself. I mean, it's just that simple, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is a thing I talk about in my book is that, you know, just like a fingerprint, you, you know, we all understand and recognize scientifically, we all have a unique, a unique fingerprint. And that's the same with ourselves. So you can't compare. All we can do is join together and collaborate. There's really no comparing or competition because everyone's purpose, everyone's energy, you know, everyone's being who they are. They're just as unique as your fingerprint. So it's okay, you know, and, and you always feel like numbers too is a huge thing that we compare ourselves, like the number system, you know, oh, are we like in first place? Or are we in 10th place? It doesn't really matter because everyone has their own right. journey. Yeah. And their own pace right. journey. Yep. And as long as you are doing what you feel led to do and you're flowing as yourself, that's all that matters. And, and you really, and this is something that's really come clear to me in the last month, really, is that with the human design, everybody's, you know, gates and channels and everything, when you come together as a group, like you said, it's collaboration, we're working together. Each person has their own gifts, their own way of kind of showing up and doing their thing. So it's not that we're all individually running this race against each other. Like you said, it's really coming together and moving forward together in this beautiful way of making things come, you know, forth and make it things happen. And one of the things I really think is important to know is if you feel like you're in a bad place mentally, you know, or you're in a bad place and you're just really down on yourself, get out with the people that will light you up or even getting out to me in nature or into um, a coffee shop or, you know, a restaurant. If you get around other people's energies, you can connect to their auras and you can start thinking differently and feeling differently. And you can really then start finding out, okay, why did I feel that way before? Because nature really is one of those, it, it connects you as well as people do. And so if you really can just tap into that, those energies that are around you and get out of where you were, that is another thing that we can tap into because it's just, it's just potent. It's powerful. It is. And if you feel stuck in like a, like you're getting pulled down under, like you're drowning emotionally, 
That's another mm-hmm. sign that you need us to remove yourself. Go take a walk. Mm-hmm. Maybe who mm-hmm. you're around is their aura is pulling you down. And that's another sign that you need to evaluate that relationship. You know, if have them try and go to therapy together, if they're not willing to go to therapy, that's another sign that they're a narcissist um, or it's just not going to work out. Then, you know, maybe they're not a narcissist. However, you know, if no one's really willing to work on something with a professional, like you said, you know, we can do a lot of things on our own. We're very brilliant. But like, Mm -hmm. again, reinforcing that collaboration is finding a coach, finding a psychologist, finding Mm -hmm. a social worker, a therapist who's going to help you through these mental difficulties. It's just the same as if you want to reach a goal in your fitness, you either hire, you know, a professional fitness Mm -hmm. coach to help you physically. It's the same emotionally. We have muscles within us. They're just invisible and we can't see them. So we think we can just do it, but you can't. You can't lift a hundred pound dumbbell just without being able to in the, the without training in the first set. Right. Just as you can't up and leave and see so clearly that you've been with narcissists until you've done all these different exercises, the little crunches, the little tiny arm bells, mm-hmm. all those things lead up emotionally to that. Yeah. Very true. Yep. I've had my time with a therapist. I've had time with coaches and it definitely just, yes, it helps you. And it exercises those muscles. I love that analogy. Like, yes. Yeah. And I love that the world is recognizing emotions, normalizing emotions are real. And even though they're invisible, they are just as real as the physical realm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they affect you, if not more. In the physical realm. They do, actually. They do. Because you yeah. can't work out without your brain saying you can do it, right? That's mm-hmm. another really good step, I think, in gaining confidence is just start going to the gym or start running. like, And maybe download an app or watch a YouTube channel of somebody talking you through it. Because even that physical coach, they always connect it back to the mind's strength as well. Mm-hmm. And it starts like getting you into that habit of talking yourself like, I can do this. You know, this isn't happening to me. You know, I'm pushing through this and I'm, you know, doing it. I forget there was, it was just so amazing quotes from all these different physical fitness trainers that just kind of get your mind like out of this. I can't do it. I am worth nothing. I guess this is my life and this is normal to be abused and gaslit and neglected. Because it's it, it's not. And when you get to that place, yeah, just start some exercising with, with somebody in your ear. Yeah. <laughs> and if you don't like ex- exercising and training, do yoga. Like I did yoga. Yeah. You know, I did the trainer too, and, I did, and then I did yoga. And they do the same thing. And it's, so depending on whatever you want to do, but like, yes, you can yeah. do the things you didn't think you could do. Um, I even... There's this place in uh, Colorado Springs, well, Monitu Springs, I should say, the Monitu Incline. And it's like these over 27,000 steps up the side of this mountain. And you you climb. And the steps are not just normal steps. These are like wooden man-made steps that could have like a huge drop. And you have to climb them, literally. And so I did not think I could do it. This was a whole mental thing. Perfect example of 
I don't think I can do it. I kept telling my wife, I don't think I can do this. I was 280 some pounds at the time. And I was just like, I cannot do this. I cannot do this. I kept repeating to myself, I cannot do this. And I mean, it, it was such a mind free thing to actually do it. I did it. I, one step at a time, literally one step at a time, I would step up. I saw, kept seeing these people pass me. They were jogging all the way up. I was like, these are some serious athletes. I was like, how are you doing this right now? And literally some people were struggling just like me. Sometimes I'd pass some people. They'd pass me back. Like it was this whole thing of like, I would just keep going. And when I felt like I needed a break, I would look at the view and it was so beautiful. And I'd take some pictures and then I'd go back up to doing the steps. I mean, it was such a free thing to get to the top. It took me hours to do this but I am so glad that I did it that I pushed through it and that I actually just proved to myself that no matter how much I think I cannot do it if I take one step at a time and do it at my own pace I can make it happen and it was so beautiful at the top it was dusk at the time that we got up there and it was just it's just you can do it that compound effect no matter how negative that you think you are, where you are in your body, where you are in your mind, where you are in life, like you just, you can know that you can work toward it and you're, you will get there as long as you keep going. One step at a time. I love that. Yep. Physical story. Yes. That real life story and that uh, analogy. It reminds me of one more analogy I'll share before we close out of um, there was a woman who wanted to cross a river and the river was running really, you know, fast and it was too deep and she didn't know how to swim. So she was just stressed and frustrated and just puffing and puffing. Like, how am I going to get across this river? I don't know. I, I really need, you know, she really needed to get across for some reason. And um, she looked down all of a sudden she just like almost gave up and she just like surrendered. She took a deep breath and she looked down at the river and there was a stepping stone right there that and you know far enough that she could step onto so she stepped onto it and then she was panicking she's like well now now what now what I can't keep going and she took another deep breath and then she looked down in front of her and another stepping stone appeared and it's like the more times you just relax and enjoy the process yeah the next right step will appear in front of you and we don't have to know how we're going to do it or when it's going to appear we just have to continue to enjoy the process yeah yes well said enjoy the process that is something enjoying the ride enjoying the ways of life like there's gonna be those ups and downs there's you're gonna feel emotional high and lows and yes 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 enjoy the process of what you're going through so important it it's just as important as doing the steps and being in your calm, peaceful place to look around and enjoy where you are as well it is very important. Yeah. Now I know also you're like, Raven, you have no idea. I am not enjoying my life right now. I am not enjoying this process of trying to figure out like, if I should stay with this narcissist or not, or how am I going to leave and what's going to happen? And um, do you have any encouraging uh, thoughts to those who are huffing at us right now? 
kind of thinking back to like when you came out to your parents and you had all of that yeah. happening, I'm sure that wasn't enjoyable, but no. part of that, what, what motivates you and all of us listeners to be confident and to kind of muster up that bravery to do that? You find the little things that make you happy, the things that make you grateful for being here. Um, for me, it was code cuddling up on the couch with my my girlfriend. It was watching those movies, having those pleasure moments of, yes, the world's going crazy, but I can go to the movies. I can go out to dinner and I can spend time with my friends. I can enjoy my life, even though places at home were going crazy. I could take myself away from those things momentarily to enjoy whatever it is that I love to do. And if you can find even one thing that you love to do, read the book or paint, you know, find something that you enjoy doing that you, that lights you up, do those things in the midst of the cloud and amidst the storm, it will kind of zoom you out from the problem. Many times we hyper-focus on the problem and we're, that's all we can think about. That's all we can focus on. But if we can zoom out, you know, go outside, do those little things that light you up, like, that will bring you so much more joy and gratitude into your life. That is so important. Mm-hmm. Well said. Yeah. Focus on those little freeing moments because that's at mm-hmm. times 100 is what you get when you leave the narcissist, when you leave that toxic mm-hmm. environment of home or those parents who are gaslighting you, all of that. When you be your authentic self. Now you can attest, you are your authentic self, proudly stating you are in the LGBTQ community, don't care what your parents think. And how does that feel? <laughs> this is wonderful. It makes me feel like literally, not all the time, but it's that process of I can do anything I set my mind to. I can be me. I can show up and, and say what I think. I can say what I value. I can stand up for the causes that I, I feel is meaningful to me. And it's just so freeing. You Little by little, you start to feel the freedom. You start to feel the confidence. And, you know, I li- earlier this year, literally this year, I still felt bonded and chained to them, to my trauma, to my hurt. And little by little, I started realizing that I was chaining myself to it. And if I could break that myself, I, w- I realized I was free. Then I can be me and do what I feel like it, it is meant for me and led. And so it's, it's so much more just expanding. You feel more expanded and just, you sit a little taller. Yeah. You can breathe a lot fresher, right? Yeah. Yes. Um, it reminds me of those bricks, right? In the inner child meditation I have in the free workshop that it's almost like you were carrying the bricks that your, your parents were still, that gave you, that your parents gave you you were carrying them up all those steps. <laughs> You're like, I can do this, but I don't have to do this holding the bricks. You can easily just set mm-hmm. them off to the side and go on up. I know it's easier said than done, but there's our analogy for you. <laughs> <laughs> we can do the work though to unload them. It's finding out what it is that you need to unload. I think pinpointing that moment. And that's where the meditations really helped me do that and writing to that child self, writing to myself, you know, it happens over time. It, it will illuminate to you. Your, your, your inner self will speak to you and help you with that process. Just have to actually sit down in that quiet space. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
so beautiful. Christina, you're amazing. Uh, you can do anything. I'll just reaffirm that for you and for everyone listening. <laughs> Thank you. And I appreciate you being here on the podcast and sharing with us your wisdom and your brave story. And truly, you are brave. Uh, I know that your community is under attack recently, um, but we all are going to band together with you guys to fight the narcissism, to fight the hate and the bigotry. So, um, yeah, thank you. Where can well, people you. find you? Where would you like them to find you? On Instagram. That's where you can find me. Uh, my page is called the Galaxis underscore coach. Uh, so it's T-H-E-G-L-A-L-A-X-I-S underscore coach. So that is where you can get me, DM me, you know, reach out. Yeah. Hang in. And if you really enjoyed this podcast and her message and her story touched your heart, uh, take a screenshot of this podcast and add it to your stories on Instagram and tag both of us. The link to her uh, profile will be in the show notes as well as her offering. And thank you so much for all the work you're doing. You are amazing. And I appreciate you and respect you as a projector. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening and reviewing the show. Speaking of reviews, I wanted to share another beautiful review on the podcast titled Inspiring. Love, 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 and so inspiring. Thank you for your continued work to help others heal. Thank you so much for your review. And I'm so grateful to be able to have this information to share with all of you. And remember, everybody. Keep your unique light shining. The attention and adoration that is poured onto the empath by the narcissist is like a monsoon in a desert. And it feels so good because they've been parched and neglected for so long. This is just one of the many powerful messages from my book, The Empath and the Narcissist, How to Overcome Narcissistic Abuse, Recover from PTSD, Codependency, and Gaslighting Manipulation, a guide to heal childhood trauma with effective exercises. This book contains 20 plus healing resources, guided meditations, exercises, and journal prompts for healing, human design, and astrology concepts. Buy your copy on Amazon today. this in my mind reckless thoughts are feeling endless sitting up i'm breathless anxiety's infectious i feel so defenseless betrayed and embarrassed i hate being open i hate being broken i feel like an ocean filled up with emotion anger ain't a potion rub it on like lotion i can feel it soaking reopen the scars have awoken i can't move on till i let go i feel so lost never at home Need to be strong every breath held Cause I can't move on till I love